Welcome to a very special edition of the FDIC podcast, webcasting live to the Community Banking in the 21st Century Research and Policy Conference. I'm Brian Sullivan with the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, and today we're going to break out our crystal balls and look to the future of commercial real estate. You know, the last year and a half has turned so much of our lives upside down. And while the banking sector has generally proven to be quite resilient in the face of so much uncertainty, there are still many unanswered questions about the possible lasting impacts of this pandemic on our community banks. Well, joining us today to talk about what we're seeing in commercial real estate are four people on the front lines of this sector. For a national perspective, Bob DeChara joins me in studio. Bob manages the FDIC's Regional Research Division in New York City. And we have a number of community bankers from around the country who will give us a sense of how commercial real estate is trending where they are. John Buren is President and Chief Executive Officer of Flushing Bank in Uniondale, New York. Jim Edwards joins us from Griffin, Georgia, where he serves as Chief Executive of United Bank. And by the way, Jim is also the current sitting chairman of the American Bankers Association. And out on the West Coast, Joanne Kim is the president and CEO of Commonwealth Business Bank, a minority depository institution based in Los Angeles. Well, hello to you all. Uh, thank you so much for joining with us. And Bob, you're sitting next to me. Let's begin with you. Set the table for us. Where is commercial real estate today and, and where might it be headed? Well, thank you very much, Brian, uh, and happy to be with you here today. So you're right. It's been quite a year and a half on many fronts and uh, particularly for commercial real estate. Uh, we like to look at commercial real estate through the lens of the five property types, right? It's not a monolithic industry. There's many different facets to it. But, you know, these five broad areas were impacted very differently. So uh, we have multifamily, which is known, you know, as apartments. We have industrial, uh, retail, hotel, and office. Now, the first two, uh, multifamily and industrial, have been pretty resilient, uh, particularly industrial. Um, industrial really is a function of you know how much we're you know shopping online, shipping needs, storage, and logistics, and as as you can imagine, there's been you know quite a demand for that as we shopped online much more during the pandemic than we ever have before. Uh, the next two, retail and hotel, were challenged severely mm -hmm. early in the pandemic. Yep. I mean, you think about hotels, uh, the normal occupancy rate uh, nationally hovers around 70% in normal times. You know, that dropped to less than 25 percent. Mm. And at the luxury property, which typically will uh, uh, cater to the business traveler during the week, those occupancy rates dropped to uh, single digits. Wow. So it was, it was a tough go of it for, for many of the hotels. A lot of those occupancy rates have come back, particularly in the, you know, the mid-scale properties. Uh, we're seeing a little bit of a lag in the luxury properties, as I mentioned. I think that's a function of, you know, the slow return back to business travel, and that may take some time. Uh, and retail, it's most of the stress really that's been durable has been sort of in the mall space. Um, there are certainly vacancies throughout some of the, uh, you know, strip malls and other areas like that. But, you know, there's divergence between, you know, real urban areas that re require public transportation mm. and so forth versus maybe some of the suburban areas that are, are doing a little bit better. Uh, and then the, the last area, office, arguably is the one area that probably has the most uncertainty ahead when we look forward to, 
you know, possibly changes in how we work and where we work. Let's focus on that for just a little bit. Uh, it's great to define all these property types, but on the office space sector, it seems like what we've just been through this past year and a half is redefining what the office even means and what it means to go to work. Uh, I would wager to say that a fair number of us have been working from home. And so what does this mean uh, for, for that particular sec sector? Yeah, certainly. So uh, I would say with the office sector, um, there's, in my opinion, likely a, a transformational aspect of this pandemic, right? Um, there are certain uh, companies that have said we're going full back. I mean, it's a real range. Some are going full back. Some have said we're permanently remote. And then there's those in the middle that are the hybrid. Nationally, the pre-pandemic, the vacancy rate was about 10%. When you compile all the markets nationally, um, it went up to about 12 now. It's expected to be about 14 in another year or so. So there's some rising vacancies um, ahead. And, and I would argue, you know, many companies may not have to make a decision right away. Um, it takes time for office leases, which are typically, you know, five to 10 years. Yep. So they may have people working remotely now but they're still paying the rent, mm. and they don't have to decide for another two years right. what that's going to be. So, so adjustments might happen in, in the years to come. Yeah, I think we have some time for this wow. to play out. Okay. Well, let's go around the country now and survey our bankers. Uh, uh, John Buren of Flushing Bank in Uniondale, New York. You know, uh, uh, John, by some measures, you do business in the number one commercial real estate market in the country. What are you seeing where you are, and maybe what do you expect to see? So um, a lot of them, uh, Bob had uh, mentioned, I think there is a uh, uh, clearly the, uh, the the weak link at this point in time continues to be office, which uh, and, and I'll even make a distinction there, though. Um, I think that there's a differential differential between um, midtown office space that requires public transportation and uh, more suburban locations where people can get to work without uh, um, you know, without public transportation or limited public transportation. So I think that that's clearly a factor. And, and it, it kind of builds upon this whole idea that was just spoken about with respect to uh, commercial real estate not being a monolith. Uh, and I think you go from place to place, um, certainly in, uh, in office space um, and even in the hotel sector, uh, one that did have some substantial um, pullback as we uh, as we entered the pandemic now we're seeing more local hotels that cater to um either local business people or also people coming in for special events like weddings uh, obviously a lot of pent-up demand for people to do uh, uh you know to do weddings uh, in a um, uh, that would uh, delayed, let's say, during the uh, during the pandemic. So we're seeing those smaller hotels that are not uh, center in, in the center of urban areas or high to, high uh, demand tourist areas actually doing quite well. You know, that said, I think the uh, the retail space is the next one. I think that had had uh, some significant softness to it. But then again, uh, along the theme of it not being a monolith when you look at these small strip centers um, in suburban markets or even in the uh, the some of the urban markets the neighborhoods where the retail is central to the day-to-day -day lives of um, of the um, uh, area residents 
you have people in walking communities that have to go to the food store, they have to go to the nail place, they have to go to the pizza parlor, right, et right. cetera, et cetera. So these types of retail, this retail was among the quickest to come back. Well, thank you for that. Now, from the New York metro area, let's head south to Griffin, Georgia, about an hour outside of Atlanta, where Jim Edwards of United Bank joins us. Jim, are you experiencing anything like what John just described down your way? And do you feel comfortable maybe forecasting what may lay ahead in commercial real estate? So we're a little bit different bank, obviously, um, in Griffin, Georgia. We're located about an hour south of uh, the world's busiest airport uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. But where our bank is chartered in Zebulon, Georgia, just south of my office here, um, there's still just two stoplights in the entire county. Mm. So um, have a nice mix, really, of uh, being able to lend money in the Atlanta suburbs um, as well as some of the more rural areas as we stretch uh, to the southern part of the state. But what we're seeing in our part of the world, it's, it's, it's really impressive in terms of the turnaround that we've seen since the beginning of the pandemic, when we, where we sort of, to use the phrase, we didn't know where the bottom of the pool was there for a couple of months. A lot of our customers did not either. But we have really seen, um, from a real estate standpoint, um, those markets come back very nicely. Um, you know, our, our biggest challenges right now, frankly, are for our uh, builders in, in this market, uh, it's, it's talking about supply chain issues right now as opposed to lack of demand, which we were so worried about there at the early stages of, of the pandemic. But I totally agree with John. You can't look at commercial lending and the future of commercial lending as, as one monolith here. You have to break it apart and obviously we all know how critical um, location is to real estate. And so that's very important to consider as well. But um, talking about some of the specific areas there, you know, I think we are seeing some of the lowest levels of past dues now that we have seen really in, the, in my, the entire, my entire career. Hmm. Um, you know, problem assets are, are way, way down. Um, as I said, when, when we talk to customers about issues, it's not about problem loans right now. It's about how do they find it's supply chain issues when they're trying to do their next, uh, build their next project here, really. Right, right. But uh, specifically, we were very concerned about the hospitality and hotel industry early on. That's where we saw the most stress early on, obviously. Um, and I, I would say that that's come back nicely. There are still some lingering challenges there, as I think John mentioned as well. We're seeing that in the metro Atlanta area also. But overall, not seeing a lot of problems there. Um, retail, similarly, uh, I think we're seeing, for the most part, our retail uh, commercial loan customers do just fine right now. They, they, they did come in. We had a number of them came in and asked for deferments early on, but everybody's back and they're amortizing their loans as originally agreed right now. So that's that's working out very well. We don't do a lot of multifamily, but that, that market is strong in our area. Again, um, with housing prices increasing dramatically, right. here, as I'm sure they are in the other bankers area, we're seeing strong demand for multifamily uh, stock just because of the more affordable nature of, of that, that product offering there. Um, and single family construction for one to, fam one to four family homes is really, really strong. Maybe the strongest I've ever seen it. If I had a concern, I would be worried a little bit about the fact that there's so much money that is still sloshing around the system here, but I'm not sure we really know that we can trust our traditional banker instruments, if you will, just yet. So uh, I think we've got to let a little more time um, go by to see sort of how things shake out here. But 
Uh, in our part of the world, we're we're excited about the market that we're seeing, and we're so grateful that um, that you know so many of our customers have seemed to have survived yeah. this pandemic scare very well. Well, it is true. Time heals all wounds, but. Uh, well, uh, okay, now we've touched uh, base uh, in, in the Northeast and, and a bit down south. Let's head out west now to Los Angeles where Joanne Kim joins us. Joanne, I wonder, along with all the potential impacts of this pandemic that we've been talking about, you also have to deal with a chronic affordability problem out your way. Land values, uh, development costs very high uh, in Southern California, th- statewide, in fact. How is all this affecting commercial real estate in Southern California? Sure. Thank you, Ryan. Uh, We are uh, about $1.8 billion uh, business bank serving various um, ethnic uh, business communities here. And commercial real estate is our key product and our bread and butter. About 80% of our loans are in commercial real estate, whether it's owner-user or investment properties. Then um, majority of our commercial real estate borrowers are doing very well. As far as um, the, I know that I will talk about the affordability just a little bit. Price has gone up so much. Let me give you an example. Uh, About 10 some odd years ago, I financed a, a property, it's a commercial property originally an office building, AT&T building in our area, uh, converted to a grocery market. Uh, But it has some lots, uh, big lots. And uh, I remember my uh, financing amount was less than $5 million. That property was sold to about $45 million about 2018, I think. I, I don't know if that's uh, irrational exuberance or, or what, what have you, but wow. It's amazing. Well, very good. Uh, you know, uh, now that we've surveyed our bankers and got a general sense of what, about what's happening where they are, let's, let's open it up uh, uh, among us all, if you will. Bob, I'll begin with you, though, but please feel free, any of you, to jump in on this. Uh, as we got going, I was thinking, are, are we seeing something transitory here with the impact of this pandemic, or is there some seismic shift taking place. Bob, what, what, what are your impressions? Yeah, sh- sure. I mean, we, we think about that question also through the lens of the property types. And the one that sticks out to me is, you know, when you say, is it durable, is it transformative or transient? Um, you know, it matters. Is this going to, does it, this affect how people want to live, work, or behave in some way? And the one that keeps sticking out to me constantly is the work. Where do people want to do the work? And I think there's um, a lot of revisiting to that going on, whether you're on, you know, all the way on one side or the other. I think it, it's undeniable where where work is conducted so is going to change. Uh, to I some think degree. we all want to be back to where we used to be, right? Generally speaking, I think we can all agree there. We want to go to the restaurants we used to go to. We want to go to the movies. We want to, but it's the work thing. That's is that still the big sticky wicket here? To, to me, that seems to be the case. And I think Joanne's probably a good person to ask this question. And, and maybe the, the opposite uh, story might be in retail, where even before the pandemic, retail was going under sort of a transformation. So I'd like to ask uh, Joanne, because I know you're in this space quite a bit. When you talk about mixed use and retail, would you say it's the experiential retail where you actually have to physically go to the property to experience something like a restaurant or have something dry cleaned or, you know, we talked about nail salons earlier. Uh, 
it, are those the, the types of retail that will probably be more long-lasting and, and perhaps the places that where you have to go buy something where possibly an online retailer could do better, yep. they might suffer a little bit more? There's a distinction between large uh, uh, malls versus small neighborhood community shopping center. It, there's a two different things. And I'm going, I will be focusing on smaller shopping centers that I see in our area. Um, surprisingly, they are filled. The businesses are opening and open to public and then people are now walking around and having, uh, uh, you know, they, they eat in the restaurants and all that. So it's, it's kind of, a, it's almost business as usual to pre-pandemic level. Hmm. So I am very happy to see that. Uh, as far as the um, the larger malls are concerned, I see a lot of vacancies, close-out sale signs, uh, and dark storefronts. It's very sad to see it. Jim, John. So just as uh, you know, just as we were um, anticipating the demise of uh, Manhattan uh, office space, in walks Google and pays uh, 2.1 billion dollars for a uh, for a, a New York office building. Um, I, I do agree with Joanne wholeheartedly again about the retail space. I think uh, there are there's certain types of retail that is uh, internet proof, if you will, where there may be a high degree of touch involved, a high degree of uh, service involved, and those are the, those are the things that are going to uh, to underpin. Um, strong retail uh, retail growth. I think big box retailers. I think they're they're going to be problematic. I think malls, as Joanne mentioned, again problematic. But um, people need to do certain activities or make certain purchases in a much more intimate um, type of uh, relationship than um, you know than than online. Right, right. Jim, how about you? Is uh... Ron? I'd agree with 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 what John uh, said there. I mean, I, I, I think we're all trying to figure this out. We're even trying to figure this out in our work environment for our respective banks, I'm sure. I know we are here at United Bank, but um, I think office, you know, your workplace in the office, is what that, the composition of that is going to change. It is changing. And what we're seeing is, I think one trend is you're seeing uh, less square footage needed per employee. And so while I don't think office, you know, commercial office space is certainly going to evaporate for all the reasons we've talked about, there, there are a number of things that you need to do that you need to be face to face with people for. But I do think we are seeing more of a trend that employees are not required to be in the office every single day. And that is having a spillover effect in our part of the world being an hour outside of Atlanta. If you roll back three or four years, we, there was a trend where we were not losing population, but we did, we did have so we had some customers that were saying, you know, I just can't deal with the traffic, traffic. driving to Atlanta uh, an hour and a half each way, um, and and doing that five days a week. And what we're what we've seen since the pandemic though is sort of a reversal where we're seeing employees going, gosh, I'd rather be a little further outside of the city. I can buy a bigger house. I can have a nice yard. Uh, maybe they're ready to have a family, whatever. But they're moving into our area and they're saying, you know. I still will be going into Atlanta a couple of days a week, but I can do that. But I'm not. I'm not going to have to go in. My boss has told me I'm not going to have to go in five days a week uh, for the foreseeable future here and really long term. But I do want to pivot just a bit. One of the things the pandemic has really 
seem to reinforce for everybody is that Dorothy was right after all. There is no place like home. Uh, and in many parts of the country, we're seeing just a huge demand for housing and low supply. And uh, I should think that all of this suggests there's room for growth um, in construction lending. And, uh, and on the multifamily side in particular, let's just turn to you, John Buren, uh, just outside of New York. You have a lot of experience in the multifamily residential space, right? So what are you seeing? Yes. Um, so um, we have probably about uh, over $2 billion of, um, of multifamily, uh, multifamily real estate. Uh, and, uh, it, you know, it, it's, it's not as multifamily real estate is not a simple story in New York either. So uh, just prior to the pandemic, New York had gone through a pretty significant um, increase in construction, multifamily construction activity. And um, I'm not seeing much weakening in that market. Okay. I mean, and clearly it's, it's weaker than the, uh, than the rent regulated market, but uh, I'm not seeing a disaster even in the market rate, uh, market rate environment. So I think the, uh, the eventual absorption and the desire uh, the desire to work in, in New York city, um, still has a great deal of appeal to uh, to young people and i think that that is going to um, certainly uh, certainly support um, support even market rate multifamily going forward okay well jim edwards down in georgia your your bank's footprint is largely in a, a suburban and rural setting what's the impact to the single family residential construction market we're seeing an extremely strong demand. I, I will say though, that I think one of the things that's different is we're seeing, in my opinion, much better qualified buyers across the board here. Um, you know, folks are sticking to their underwriting guns from a development standpoint, mm -hmm. in terms of developers have real money in these projects. Uh, maybe I'm certainly not, that was not as much the case back in the run up to the great recession. So. Um, I think that, that bankers are being careful about that and are, are making sure that they're being conservative with that because they realize how quickly things can turn um, in, in that sort of acquisition and development um, market there. But, you know, it's just that the Georgia has a, or the metro Atlanta area has a very strong economy right now, and that is causing a strong uh, demand growth and jobs in the area. And with that comes uh, significant housing demand. And so, um, you know, we're working hard to try to uh, fill that need there. And I, it, it's people seem to be really responding to that. Uh, we've not seen quite the price appreciation that you heard Joanne talk about, but it's it's very strong. OK, well, we have to we're, we're reaching our time here. And, and as we wrap things up, I'm just going to go around the horn here and ask each of our community bankers uh, if you're bullish or bearish, just generally speaking, on the commercial real estate sector. And John, let's begin with you. I'd have to say bullish. I think uh, things are coming back. Uh, New York has really only been open since May. So uh, I think that uh, we'll see uh, more and more activity. Okay. How about you, Jim? Yeah, so I'm certainly bullish, too. I, I would, um, at the risk of sounding like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, though, I I, I do know that uh, I made this comment the other day to somebody that, that, you know, bad loans get made in good times and we're in what appear to be very good times right, right now. And so I think it's important. We're trying at our bank, I know, to be 
um, certainly open and to new ideas from our customers and assisting them and their in what they want to do and 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 be great partners but also just be careful right now so uh, but i think i think good times are ahead but all bankers need to be cautious amen to that uh jo joanne i would say cautiously bullish because i there are still some unanswered questions Okay. Well, Bob, I'll, I'll give you the last word here. Uh, I know that you'll be following the CRE market very closely uh, into the future, but uh, where do, where do the, all the indicators point? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll, I'll avoid the bull bear answer <laughs> coming from the regulator, if that's all right. But, but I will say, you know, that our, our community banks are very important to this sector. Um, you know, they have only a small share in total of the total assets of FDIC insured institutions. They account for about 10% community banks as a group, but they account for 30% of the commercial real estate loans. So they're active in the space. Uh, they're a group that, that serves small communities uh, across the country in, in this space. And it's an asset class. It's important to us. It's important to them. And it's something we're going to watch closely going forward. Okay. Well, I want to thank uh, Bob you, of course, for joining us, but also our community bankers around the country, John Buren and uh, Jim Edwards, Joanne Kim. Thank you all for joining us today for uh, a really great sort of across the board look at, at our commercial real estate market. I do appreciate that. Thank you.